If you're in the battle for the Lord and right, keep on the firing line. If you win, my brother, surely you must fight. Keep on the firing line. There are many dangers that we all must face. If we die fighting, it is no disgrace. Coward in the service, he will find no place. So keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run, nor even lag behind. If you would win for God and the right, just keep on the firing line. When we get to heaven, brother, we'll be glad. Keep on the firing line. How we'll praise the Savior for the call we had. Keep on the firing line. When we see the souls that we have helped to win, leading them to Jesus from the paths of sin, with the shout of welcome we will all march in. So keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run nor even lag behind. If you would win for God and the right, just keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run nor even lag behind. If you would win for God and the right, just keep on the firing line. If you would win for God and the right, just keep on the firing line. I like that song and I like those guys singing it. Great job, fellas. All right, Brother Black's been with us all week, of course, and we've been enjoying his messages and his preaching and his singing. And he's going to probably, I believe, sing for us tonight. Is that true? Okay, and then he's going to be preaching, and boy, I'm looking forward to that. Brother Black, you come for us. Did you think of a name or two to put on that little piece of paper? Everybody get one? Does everybody have one of those little papers? Uh, people I desire to see say, does anybody not have one? Okay, could uh, ushers, do you have some more of those? Okay, hold your hand up nice and high if you don't have one. All right, <clears throat> I'm going to make sure everybody has one, and do your best to think of a name or two, or maybe a dozen or two, and, uh, and write those on there. Certainly there's somebody that you care about, and you'd want to see them in heaven someday. I meant to tell my neighbor about the Lord today, but I was too busy, so I traveled on my way. I meant to tell him about the Lord before the sun set in the west. But I was too tired, and I needed my rest. But Jesus wasn't too weary to walk the road to Calvary. 
And Jesus wasn't too busy to give his life for you and me. Too many excuses, his story not to tell. Too many excuses are sending people to hell. I should have spent time praying for those out in the field, trying to reap the harvest, but so many will not yield. I should have given or perhaps gone so they would not work all alone. But I was busy with my own life, my family, my home. But Jesus left his home in glory to walk the road to Calvary. He was parted from his Father when he died for you and me. Too many excuses, the Savior knows them all too well. Too many excuses are sending people to Lord, help me to be never too busy to bring a soul unto Thee. And though I may be weary, Lord, help me not to fall. For when I think of Calvary, I'm not weary. For Jesus wasn't too weary to walk the road to Calvary. And Jesus wasn't too busy to give his life for you and me. Too many excuses, his story not to tell. Too many excuses are sending people to hell. And we all make them, don't we? Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 this evening. We read Acts 1.8 at least a time or two this week. But ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world. And uh, we are trying our best, amen, through faith promise to reach the uttermost parts of the world. But again, don't forget Jerusalem. 
We are to reach the entire world. If we save up and we give our faith promise and, and we reach the world and we reach our neighbors, how sad would that be? How sad would that be? Uh, we've got to keep the right focus here. The commission that God gave us is to reach the world with the gospel. And we can't bypass one group to go reach another. We've got to reach them, we've got to reach them all. And, and again, we've looked, at, we've looked at how we can accomplish that. We, we partner together with missionaries that are going other places. And so uh, we, have a, we have a part in, in reaching pl- pl- people in those other areas. And, and uh, uh, the, the, the field is the world, and, and, and it's our field. And we have to reach, we have to reach those folks. Uh, Paul was talking about a desire that he had, uh, a desire to reach his folks or to reach uh, Israel with the gospel. Uh, if you have your place in the Scriptures, Romans, Romans chapter 10, Uh, would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? We'll read a few verses out of Romans chapter 10 this evening. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Now notice the the people of Paul's day. They're very, very similar to the folks that you and I know. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now what that's basically telling us, uh, Paul says, uh, the folks I know, they've got a zeal. They're very zealous people. I mean, uh, they're probably churchgoers. And we know churchgoers that are on the way to hell, don't we? I mean, they, they are religious people. Uh, they do religious things. They give money. They, uh, they, help, uh, uh, they help charities. And, and they, they do a lot, a lot of good things. Nothing, nothing wrong with the things they do. Uh, so many good things that, that folks do today. And, and many of them do it for the Lord. But they don't know it. They've never been, they've never been saved. It says they have a zeal of God, but they're, they're ignorant of God's righteousness and they're going about to establish their own righteousness but they've not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. See, they're trying to establish their own righteousness. The uh, Bible tells us we're not, we're not wise to compare ourselves among ourselves. If I look at somebody else, I can say, well, I'm pretty good. I'm better than he is. I'm better than she is. And that's, and that's what folks do. They look at their lives and they say, you know what, I'm a pretty righteous person. But they need to compare themselves with God's righteousness and His righteousness is off the charts, amen? And we don't, we don't, even, we don't even come close. And so the folks that Paul desired to see saved are very similar uh, to the folks that, that you, wrote, you wrote their names down. Or, or maybe you didn't even think to write that name, maybe you didn't have a pen, but there's a name in, going through your mind right now. And, and uh, uh, those people are very similar to the folks that, that, that Paul had. Uh, the question tonight is, is uh, Paul had a desire. Uh, do we have a desire? Who, who do we have a desire uh, to, to reach? Whether, whether it be individuals or, or people groups, as I mentioned, whole nations that, that we have a desire to see turn to Christ. I'd love to see America uh, turn, turn back to God, wouldn't you? I appreciate the things you said, brother. I, I would love to see America turn back. And, and, and I'm not giving up. On, I, I haven't given up on America. I'm still praying for revival, and I'm expecting revival in America. You say, Brother Black, how can you say that? Uh, considering how, how far we've gone from the things of God, how can, you, how can you say you're expecting a revival? Because I serve a God of second chances. Amen. It'd be just like God to turn the tide and to give us a revival in America one more time before He comes back. It'd be just like Him. But He's not going to do it if we, if we drop the ball and say, Oh, well, there's no hope. It's not going to happen. I'll tell you, revival's going to come through folks like us getting out there and telling people about Jesus. Title of the message tonight, My Desire. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I would ask you tonight to 
move in each heart and each life here tonight. Lord, Paul had a desire to reach folks in his day. And Lord, I pray that we too would have a real desire to make a difference in the lives of people. Whether they be people close by or people far away. Lord, I pray we care about this world like you did. We do our best to reach every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of this earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you'd take control of the remainder of the service now. I need you, Lord. Oh, God, please help me tonight. I just want to be a blessing to these folks, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Why don't you turn your Bible over to 2 Kings. Just stick a gospel track there in Romans. We'll be back. But uh, turn your Bible back to 2 Kings for a moment. Folks, we are, we are blessed. As Christians, oh my, uh, we, we enjoy things that the world can't comprehend. I mean, we've got a confidence that we're going to spend eternity in heaven. The world doesn't have that. As we, as we near our final days on this earth, uh, we, can, we can look forward to the streets of gold. The world can't do that. Uh, I mean, we've got a peace that passes all understanding. As, as the trials and, and the, the battles that you and I face on a daily basis as they come, uh, there's, a, there's an underlying peace that we have in our hearts, regardless of what goes, goes on in our lives. I, I mean, we've got a friend, amen? What a friend we have in Jesus. A friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And, and the world knows nothing of that. Uh, I, I like the fellowship that we have uh, with brothers and sisters in Christ. As I come together in, in, in different churches nearly every week, I, I, find, I find that I, I really don't feel like an outsider. I come in and maybe I don't know the names, I don't know the folks. I, I, I know some of you, you know, we've kind of crossed paths along the way and, and uh, you've supported our ministry for several years now and, and, and all, but a lot of times I don't, I don't know the names and many of your names I don't know, but we're brothers and sisters in Christ, amen? The world doesn't understand that. Uh, I, we've got a song in our hearts. When, when everything falls apart, uh, we, we can still have a song in our hearts, amen? Uh, I mean, we are, we are blessed people. Did you find your place in Second Kings? 2 Kings uh, chapter 7. Actually, I think we'll back up and catch, catch a little bit of background out of uh, chapter 6. Look at verse 24. And it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered his host and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth, the fourth part of a cab of doves, doves dung for five pieces of silver. Uh, now, if you get the picture here, uh, the, uh, the king <clears throat> came out and they, they besieged, uh, Samaria besieged, uh, um, uh, I mean, Syria besieged Samaria. In other words, they, came, they encamped all around the city and the people couldn't get out to go get food. And, and they were trying to get them to starve out and, and, uh, and, and so far it was working. Verse 26, and as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him saying, help my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord did not help thee, when shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the wine press? They didn't have a surplus of food. What was the king going to do? And the king says in verse 28, I uh, said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we'll eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him. And she hath hid her son. Now, now I, can't, I can't comprehend being that hungry. Can you? 
I can't comprehend a famine like that. That that just that that blows my mind. Well, that was that was what was going on here uh, at, at the time. Now uh, turn the page to chapter seven, and we'll begin in verse three. And there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate, and they said one to another, "Why sit here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, and sit still here, we die also." Now therefore, come, let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. Now, now picture this. <clears throat> these, uh, uh, these lepers are sitting out, outside the city. They're sitting outside the city of Samaria. And, and they're starving. They've got no food. There, there's no food in the city. They're going to die of starvation. And one of them gets to thinking, Hey, why don't we go into the host of, uh, of the Syrians? They might kill us, but they might take us prisoner of war and at least give us something to eat. What do we got to lose? We're going to die either way. We might as well go and, and just, just see what happens. Well, the Lord been working in the background. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, <clears throat> let's uh, uh, look at verse 5. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come up to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it, and came again and entered into another tent, and carried thence also, and went and hid it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine these lepers? I mean, here they are. <clears throat> they haven't eaten in a while. I mean, they haven't had a good meal that they can remember. They're hungry. And, <clears throat> and they, finally they, they figure, what, what do we got to lose? We'll, we'll go into the, into the host of the Syria. Just, just see what happens. And, and so, and so they, 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 they get out, and they, they get to walking, and and I can, I can just picture, they're, they're scared to death. They're just figuring they're, they're going to get caught any time. They may get killed. And, and they're real cautious and careful and slow and, and walking and, and kind of looking. And I don't see anything, do you? A little farther. This is, this is strange. Why, it looks like everybody's left. And they get to looking around. And, and, and I mean, the camp's empty. There's stuff strewn all over the place. It's all, everything's in a disarray. And what, and what is going on? Now remember, they're hungry. And so one of them, he, he ventures on over to a tent door and he pulls, the, he pulls the curtain back and he looks in there. You're not going to believe what he sees. My goodness. Hey, <clears throat> there's fried chicken on the table, mashed potatoes and gravy. Glory to God. He goes in there and he starts chowing down. Another one comes in behind him. And man, they're, they're, just, they're just having them a time, themselves a time, just, just eating to the full all they could possibly eat. And, and, and one of them sees some, some, uh, some fancy stuff, some jewels and some nice clothes and stuff sitting over on the corner. Man, they grab that stuff and start stuffing it in their pockets. One of them grabs a chicken leg for later, sticks it in the back pocket. Man, they go, they go hide it and they come back and they're, and they're getting some more stuff and they run and hide it again and come back. And, and, and you know, one of them, he, he looks in the tent and, and you're not going to believe what he saw. Pepperoni pizza with double cheese. You believe that? <laughs> well, 
Maybe not. <laughs> but, but I bet he found chocolate cake and plenty of sweet tea, though, amen? <laughs> and oh, I'm telling you what, they were, they were just, just having a time, enjoying themselves, just chowing down and half sick over the food they were eating, you know, eating so much of it. And all of a sudden, look at, look at verse 9. Then they said one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. Folks, we do not well here tonight. Uh, While people all around us are starving, uh, we have the bread of life, yet we keep it to ourselves. We do not well. We gorge ourselves. We come together on on Sunday morning and we feast around the table and and we take it in the Word of God and we say, Pastor, good message. Thank you for the the preaching. Oh, what a good song. Hey, wasn't that good a little while ago? Hear those men sing? Man, that was great. Boy, I'll tell you what, that stirred my heart. Did it stir yours? Amen? Wow. And and we, we soak it in and we soak it in and we soak it in and we enjoy it and we think about heaven and we think about all the all the, the blessings that we share as Christians knowing we're going to heaven, having that, that friend that sticketh closer than a brother, all, all the blessings that we enjoy, but the folks outside these walls know nothing of it. But we're afraid to tell them. I hate to ask how many have a gospel tract on tonight. I, I wouldn't embarrass anybody. But I can't, I can't imagine leaving the house without gospel tracts. See, those folks out there, they, they don't know how to get to heaven. And, and there's, a, there's a message in this little, this little piece of paper that, that tells them how to get to heaven. If I don't have time to give them the gospel, I've got, I've got 10 seconds to hand them a gospel tract. Would you take a minute and read this? This will tell you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven when you die. You'd like to know that, wouldn't you? And almost every one of them says, well, yes, I would. Now, if I have time, they just, they just open the door for me to, okay, well, let me show you. <laughs> All right. And sometimes I don't have time and they don't have time. But they said they'd like to know, and they took the track. But if you don't have them, you miss an opportunity. Don't ever leave the house without gospel tracts. Don't, don't, don't ever leave the house without gospel tracts in your pocket. <clears throat> anyway, uh, hey, we are blessed people. We, 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 uh, we, have, we, we feast on the Word of God. And they know, they know nothing of it. They're starving. Now, you wrote down some names. How badly do you want to see them? Say? Go back to Romans again. Romans 10. Paul said in verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. My heart's desire. And what about your heart? Paul said he had a desire. But now, I know sometimes folks say things. You've heard people say things and you kind of question how serious they really are. Uh, Let's check up on Paul and and, and take a look and, and find out, find out how, how great of a desire he really had. Go to chapter 9. Back up a, a page there. Look at chapter 9, verse 1. Here's the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. 
my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. Now, what he's saying, he, sa- he says, this is, this is honest, honest truth. I, I, I'm here to tell you, this, this is for real. The, what I'm going to tell you is, is, is true. I mean, my conscience bearing witness, I mean, I mean, hey, this is for real. Now, he's prefacing what he's going to say because you're not likely to believe it. So he's, he wants to tell you, now, now, honest, now, honest, I'm telling you the truth. I'm, I'm not lying to you. Verse 2, that I have a great heaviness and continual sorrow. It never goes away. Continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. He says, I have this heaviness and this continual sorrow that never leaves. And he says, it's so great that I could wish. Now, he didn't say he did wish because he knew knew it wasn't possible. If you've been saved, you've got, it, you've got salvation for all of eternity. God didn't give you temporary life. He gave you eternal life. All right? You're saved forever. Paul knew that. But Paul said, if it were possible, basically what he's saying is, I would trade my spot in heaven so they could go. I would take their place in hell if it meant they could have my spot in heaven. Wow. No wonder he said, you know, I'm telling you the truth. This is no lie. No wonder he's prefaced it with that. Now, I want to see you saved if you're lost here tonight. But you're going to have to get your own salvation. I'm not giving mine up for anybody. I mean, I appreciate what Paul was saying there, but I honestly, I can't say that. I don't love this world enough to give up heaven for somebody else. But Paul did. Go to Acts chapter 20. Acts 20 and verse 20. Paul giving testimony here, and he says, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. He says, I, gave, I, I kept back nothing that was profitable. Now, has there ever been a time when you knew that it would be profitable for somebody to get the gospel, but you held back? Maybe you didn't want to offend them. Maybe you didn't want to cause a a rift there. You didn't want to hurt their feelings. And so you held back and you kept back something that you know they needed. Oh, thank God for a pastor that that gives you everything that's profitable for you and doesn't hold back. Some pastors don't do that. Oh, so-and-so's here tonight. I, I better change the message. I don't, they're a good giver. I don't want to offend them. Well, thank God for a pastor that will give you the message that God gives him. Amen? And, and not hold back anything that's profitable. But that, that's what Paul says. Paul says, when I'm talking to folks, when I, when I see lost folks out there, uh, um, uh, folks that are on their way to hell, I, I don't hold back anything that they need to hear. I make sure I, I, give it, I give it to them whether, whether it hurts or not. I'm going I'm to give. And, and he says both of the Jews and, and the Greeks there in verse 21. Now, now Paul, was, Paul was a missionary to the Greeks, but, but he, he, didn't, he never lost his burden for the Jews as well. He gave everybody he came in contact with. It didn't matter, it didn't matter who it was. He kept back nothing that was profitable. And he says he, he showed them uh, <clears throat> publicly and from house to house. I mean, he would tell, he would go to, he would go to house to house. You know, you know, house to house visitation, door to door, whatever you want to call it, it's in the Bible. Paul did it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's biblical. Paul went house to house telling folks about Jesus. 
But at the same, by the same token, at the same time, Paul wasn't afraid to talk to people in a group. You know, you saw a group of people, he wasn't afraid. I, I guess today you'd probably call that street preaching. Paul wasn't, Paul wasn't afraid. Every opportunity he had to tell somebody about Jesus, he, he, took the, he took the opportunity. Testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks, repentance toward God. You don't hear a lot about repentance today, but Paul, Paul preached it. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he was, he was, he was at it. Go to verse 26. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. <clears throat> now, when I read that, that resonated in my mind. I've, I've heard that terminology somewhere. Pure from the blood of all men. Hey, Paul must have read, we'll not turn to it for the sake of time tonight, but Paul must have read Ezekiel 3, 17 through 19. You see, Paul didn't have a New Testament like you and I are reading from tonight. Uh, the Lord was using Paul to write great portions of the New Testament. And he didn't have that, but he had the Old Testament scriptures and he knew them quite well. He was a student of the Bible, uh, the Bible that he had. <clears throat> Same Bible we have, but just, just the Old Testament. Uh, so anyhow, Paul, <clears throat> Paul uh, would have read Ezekiel 3, uh, 17 through 19, because the Lord tells us in Ezekiel that as a watchman, and, and you and I are all watchmen, okay? Uh, there are different watchmen in the Bible. Uh, the pastor is a watchman. He watches for our souls. But you and I are watchmen over our families. Uh, you dads, you're watchmen over your, over your children uh, and, your, and your wife. Uh, <clears throat> all of us are watchmen over the people we have, we have influence over. And, and as that watchman, uh, we are to warn the lost of the danger that lies ahead. Now, if we fail to warn the lost... And that unsaved person dies in their sin, the Bible tells us that their blood will be on our hands. It's our fault, in other words, because we didn't warn them. Now, on the other hand, if we, if we give them the, the, the gospel and they reject it, it's on them. Some folks reject it. Many, many do, it seems. But if you've warned them, then it's off of you and it's on them. But if you fail to warn them, and somebody else doesn't come along and warn them, and they don't get saved, their blood is on our hands. Paul said, I am pure from the blood of all men. In other words, Paul says, I have never, there has never been a time when I had the opportunity to give somebody the gospel or, or at the very least, that, that God spoke to me and, and put somebody on my heart to give the gospel to. There's never been a time that I missed that opportunity. I can't say that tonight. There have been times that I knew I was supposed to give somebody a crack and I didn't do it. I knew I was supposed to witness to somebody and I didn't do it. I'll never forget Years ago, as a young man, I had a friend, God, a friend in school. And the Lord put him on my heart, burdened my heart for his salvation. I, I don't know if he was saved or lost. His family went to church, but you know what that means. Typically not a lot. I hope he was saved, but I, I didn't know. I didn't know for sure. I knew I was supposed to witness to him. Just as sure as I'm standing here before you tonight, I, I knew I was supposed to give that young man, give my friend the gospel. I didn't do it. 
that summer I heard that he died in a drowning accident. Folks, I don't know if he's in heaven or not. I don't know if he's in heaven or hell. I hope he's in heaven. But if he's in hell today, his blood's on my hands. I know I was supposed to witness to him. I didn't do it. I was afraid, embarrassed. You know, maybe next year. Maybe maybe this fall. Fall didn't come. Paul says, I'm pure from the blood of all men. I'd say Paul's desire was real, wouldn't you? Look at verse 31. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. He says by the space of three years. He, he didn't give up. Now, some of you might be thinking, just three years, Brother Black? Why, that's not long. Remember, Paul was a missionary. And he didn't stay in one place very long. For Paul to be three years in any one particular city was, was highly unusual. Because he was always on the road. He'd go, he'd plant a church and he'd move on and, and maybe he'd go back and he'd stop and he'd, he'd check on, on a church and see how they were doing. Then he'd go check on another one and he was always moving around on his missionary journeys. But at this particular place, he'd been there for three years and he says, he says, for three years, for three years I cease not to warn everyone. Hey, and he, and he says, night and day. I imagine he woke a few folks up to give them the gospel. <laughs> He cared that much. Night and day, he says, I warned, I warned everyone. But notice what it says. With tears. With tears. Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless, I mean that's without a doubt, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Paul said, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. With tears. You say, what do you, what do you mean by tears, Brother Black? Well, there, there's something to be said for tears. Uh, I mean, if, when, you, when you shed tears in prayer to God, God, God knows you're serious. You've got a real burden deep down in your heart. And, and if you begin, to, you begin to cry over the names on your list in prayer to God, God says, why, he's serious. She'd she really like to see these people say, it's affected her heart. And then you go out and you, and you take the gospel of that person, and, and most folks say, you know, they, 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 yes, I would like to go to heaven, they'll take the track, but, but suppose you come up to somebody like this guy, and you, know, you, know, you know what I mean, you know what I mean. And, and, you, and you hand him a gospel tract and he rejects it. Rejected it. Hey, I, I got a gospel tract for you. Let me give you something to read. This tell you how you can go to heaven when you die. He, he won't take it. Now, now you, know, you know what some folks do? Some folks get mad. They get offended because he rejected the message. They, they get mad. And, and I, I knew one guy, I, I couldn't believe it, but I mean, really... He was very zealous for God. He, he always had gospel tracts on him. If somebody rejected, you know what his response would be? Well, go ahead and go to hell then. That's, that's the way he'd answer. Whoa, where's that, where's that love? Where's that, where's that heart of love for that? 
But now on the other hand, when he rejects it, if it breaks my heart, because I know if that man doesn't get saved, he's going to hell. And I love that man. I want to see him saved. And, and, and I begin to cry. And tears begin to roll down my cheeks. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, I wish you'd understand. I wish you, I, I just, this is for you. This isn't for me. I just wish, wish you'd take that. And my heart's breaking for him. You know what his heart will do? His heart will break too. Oh, oh don't, don't cry, Mr. Black. No, don't cry. Oh, here, I'll, I'll take it. And, and, see? Hey, we don't have a broken heart for souls. We, we really don't care. We're more concerned about how well we are accepted than whether the, this world dies and goes to hell. We're more concerned about our image than we are about the lost. Paul said, hey, I, when I warn folks, I warn them with tears. It was a real, it, it meant something to Paul when somebody rejected the gospel. I, I dare say we'd see a whole lot more converts if tears came to our eyes when they rejected the gospel. Can Christians still cry? You don't see tear stained altars anymore today, do you? Where's our heart? Revelation 21, verse 4, we read that God will wipe away all tears from our eyes. But that doesn't happen right away. That doesn't happen until immediately after the great white throne judgment. Go with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation 20. Revelation 20, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Go with me to the, to the uh, Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, verse 22, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? In other words, when they stand before God, there'll be a lot of folks who say, Oh, but Lord, 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 I was a good person. Lord, I gave money to the church. Lord, I was baptized. Oh, Lord, I, 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 I did, I did, and I did these things in your name, Lord. And the, verse 23 says, and, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. 
Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Go to Matthew 22. Verse 13. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now it's going to happen something like this. When a person dies, their body is buried. Their body goes to the grave. But their soul and spirit immediately go to heaven or hell. If they're saved, the Bible tells us, absent from the body, present with the Lord. I mean, immediately upon death, the soul and spirit goes to be with the Lord, and you're with the Lord forever. But, lost folks, their soul and spirit go directly to, to a place called hell. Luke chapter 16 gives the testimony of a man who went there. And, and the body, of course, is in the grave. Now, on, the, on resurrection day, at the, the time of the rapture, we're looking forward to the rapture, amen, when the Lord comes back and calls the saints out of here. Now, now, when that happens, the dead in Christ will rise first. That means those that died, their, their body and soul are already with the Lord. Their, their body is going to come up and their body is going to be changed and their body is going to be reunited with the soul and spirit. And immediately after that, you, you and I that are still alive at that time will be taken up and will be changed. Our bodies will be changed. But the lost folk, their, their body is still in the ground and their soul and spirit are still in hell. But there will be another resurrection later on and their body will come up as well. And they will be reunited, body and soul, with a body that will not burn up, a body that will suffer pain for all of eternity. And that, that, then, then the great white throne judgment. And one by one, those lost souls, those lost men, women, uh, boys and girls. Now a young, young child that doesn't have uh, the ability to comprehend uh, right from wrong and, and, and salvation and, and, and damnation and, and they're safe in the arms of Jesus. So baby dies, the baby's going to heaven. All right, but I'm talking, I'm talking about folks that are, that are uh, above the age of accountability. Now, one by one, they'll stand before God. And the books will be open, the Bible tells us. I believe these will be the books that are open. This King James Bible, all 66 books. And the Lamb's Book of Life will also be open. And one by one, they will approach the throne. They'll be called to the throne. And they'll stand before the Almighty God. Guilty or innocent? And I can just hear folks, oh, Lord, Lord, I, I... And they'll run off their list of excuses. I did this and I did that and, and, I, and I, was, I was pretty good. The question is, is your name in the Lamb's Book of Life? A search will be made. No name. No name, sir. The name is not found. Bind him hand and foot. The angels will come and they'll bind him. And they'll take him and they'll take him over to the, to the lake of fire. Now see, they've been in hell. But the lake of fire is an, an eternal place. The hell is kind of, kind of like going to jail until, until your time of sentencing. And then you're sentenced to prison for life. And, and they're, they're taken over to the lake of fire and cast into the lake of fire to burn for all of eternity. Now, what do you suppose you and I will be doing at that time? 
I don't believe we'll be fishing in the in the Golden Sea. I don't I don't believe we'll be we'll be touring our, our mansion. At that time, I believe you and I will be in the grandstands watching the judgment. And as that individual, that coworker of yours, is sentenced to, to hell for eternity, sentenced to that lake of fire, and he's being carried off. By the angels. He glances up and his eye meets yours. I, I didn't know it was real. Why, why, why didn't you tell me? And off into hell he goes. And another one stands before God. And a search is made. And his name is not found in the Lamb's book of life. And he's, he's, uh, the Lord says, cast him into outer darkness. I never knew him. And he'll be bound hand and feet and carried, and he sees your eye. I, I, I didn't know you were serious. Why, why, didn't you, why didn't you warn me? And off into hell he goes. And one by one, people that we know, family, friends, neighbors, one by one, we see them cast into hell. And, and oh, folks, there will be tears on that day, I assure you. There will be tears. And God in His mercy, when the judgment is over, will wipe away all tears so we can enjoy heaven for the rest of eternity. Paul says, I'm shedding my tears now. Well, they do some good. You've, you've heard, folks, you've heard the saying, give the flowers while they're alive. Well, give them the gospel while they're alive. Hey, the tears won't do any good. You better start, you better start share, share, shedding some tears today if you want to see them in heaven. Don't you wait till Judgment Day. It's too late. It's too late. Paul warned everyone with tears. Yes, yes, church. Paul's desire was real. How about ours? How about ours? If you have no intention of at least warning the people on your list. You can't save them, but you could give them the gospel. You could give them a track. You could maybe write a letter, send them a card, call them on the phone. Somehow warn the people of the coming judgment. If you have no intentions on warning these folks on your list, then why don't you just draw a line through the word saved and below write the words burn in hell. People I desire to see burn in hell. Oh, Brother Black, I would never do that. No, I would never wish that on anybody. Hey, then warn them. I mean warn them. Hell's hot. Hell's for real. And it's forever. Oh, yeah, I desire to see them saved. Do you really? Paul said, I desire to see folks saved. And, and, and there's no doubt in my mind. I, I, don't question, I don't question the Apostle Paul one bit. I followed his life. He had a real desire. But I wonder how real our desire is tonight. Are, are we going to warn these folks? Are we going to somehow get the gospel to them? With a tear. Because we really care. We know where their destiny is if they don't get saved. We know. With a broken heart. Give them the gospel. Oh, folks, if we don't give them the gospel, one day it will be too late. 
I thought I had another opportunity to, to warn that young man and I, and I waited too long. How about you? Are you saved? Yeah, yeah, you. I'm talking about you. Right, right here tonight. Are you, are you saved? Are you sure you're going to heaven? Hey, you won't point your finger at this preacher and say you didn't warn me. You, you get fair warning tonight. If you're not saved, I wouldn't take a chance on leaving this. I wouldn't take a chance on walking out those doors. I'd make sure I'm going to heaven. I, I wouldn't take a chance. Don't put it off. Paul said, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. My heart's desire and prayer. I need to pray for these folks. If there's a real desire, it'll be accompanied by prayer. Stand with heads bowed.